If I can have that up there on the screen, please, what the title is for the day. This is closely related to the sermon that I preached last week, which was Faith in Difficult Times. And what's going on here is you're hearing a reflection of what's going on in my life right now. Uh, Faith in Difficult Times last week, today... Faith in good times and bad. Thank God that a person can have faith even when things ain't going so great. I want you to go to the book of Acts, chapter number one, and we're going to teach a little bit and preach a little bit and share a little bit and pray a little bit and Read a little bit. Maybe laugh a little bit. Maybe cry a little bit. Acts chapter 1. Starting with verse number 15. It's been good to be here today already for me. Are you there? And in those days, Simon Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples. There was about 120 by name that was there and said these words, men and brethren, this scripture must needs have been fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit by the mouth of David spake before concerning of Judas which was guide to them that took Jesus. For he was numbered with us and obtained part of this ministry. Now this man purchased a field with the reward of iniquity and falling headlong, Judas burst asunder in the midst and his bowels gushed out. A woman years ago came to me and said, There's a contradiction in the Bible, and then she pointed this out to me. And I said, having been to Israel and seen this with my own eyes, there's absolutely no contradiction. Because how does the Bible say that, what did Judas do to himself? He went out and hung himself. And you will see, not just Jerusalem, throughout Judea, very mountainous area, uh, gravel and stone and rocks everywhere. I mean, it's no wonder that's how they kill people because there were stones laying just everywhere. What I saw in Jerusalem, and the moment I saw it, I thought, I snapped my fingers and said, right there's the answer. You see over and over in a lot of different areas, particularly though in Jerusalem, to where it is an outcropping of rocks making into a hill, and right out of that outcropping of rocks, there will be a tree growing. Many of them, they're growing, and basically their branches are just hanging over nothing. Because here's the outcropping of the rocks that would form the hill, and the tree is growing right out of that outcropping of rocks. It would have been very easy 
for Judas to have tied a rope one end onto one of those branches that was overhanging and then for him to put that around his neck to swing out over that, hung himself, as the Bible said, and then the weight of his body, that branch could not sustain, and it broke, and he fell. And when he did, the Bible says, it's graphic in that, but the Bible says that his bowels just burst open. So, believe me, the Bible is going to be right. And so many of us, many times, with our little peanut-sized brain, we think we're going to figure it out and God's going to be wrong. No, no, no. The sign on the bumper sticker I seen years ago was, was spot on right. You can't outbox God. Your arms are too short. God's going to win. He's going to win. And in verse 19, and it was known unto all the dwellers at Jerusalem, insomuch as that field is called in the proper tongue, Al-Sidama, that is to say, the field of blood. For it is written in the book of Psalms, let this habitation, let his habitation, meaning Judas, be desolate, and let no man dwell therein, and his bishopric, his position, let another take. Judas died and went to hell. And I don't say that funny over anybody. But he died and went to hell. Judas lost his place. And the reason I know that to be a fact was because somebody had to replace him. Not so with James. When he is killed, one of the disciples, it never says that someone replaced him. It never says that another had to replace him as a disciple. No. But Judas lost his spot. And some can feel sorry for Judas or what have you, but the very thing that Simon Peter done when he disobeyed Jesus and denied Jesus three times and went and got forgiveness, Judas could have done the same thing. Judas was sorry, the Bible said, probably like a lot of people in prison, they're sorry that they got caught. And it very well could have been, but he was sorry that he had gotten caught. Hmm. What an uplifting sermon this is. Verse 21, this is the message right here. This is the message, this is an important verse, and it's ironic to me that I've never heard really anybody ever preach this verse except me. And this is a very important verse. Wherefore of these men which have accompanied with us all the time, everybody say all the time. All the time. That the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John unto the same day that he was taken up from us, must one be ordained to be a witness with us of his resurrection. And they appointed two, Joseph called Barsabbas, who was also surnamed Justice, man, that guy had a lot of names, and Matthias. And they prayed and said, Thou, Lord, which knows the hearts of all men, 
show whether of these two thou hast chosen, that he may take part of this ministry and apostleship from which Judas by transgression fell, that he might go to his own place. That don't sound very good. But there it is again. He fell from the spot that he had been given. And they gave forth their lots, and the lot fell upon Matthias, and he was numbered with the 11 apostles. Lord, I pray, God, that you're going to be able to use this sermon to help someone, if not today, perhaps this week. In Jesus' name, amen. In 1860, a famous man in America cast a ballot or on his ballot, cast the vote, knowing that this vote was important and he felt that this man could change things. The famous man that all of America knew was not the guy that he was voting on. It was the man casting the vote, Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. And he voted for a young man by the name of Abraham Lincoln. And he really felt in his heart, this is the man that America needs at this time. In July the 9th of 1861, Longfellow's wife was burned to death in a house fire. Longfellow tried to rescue his wife. He himself was burned so bad that he could not even attend her funeral. Christmas Day, 1861, in Henry Wadsworth Longfellow's diary, here's what he wrote. How inexpressibly sad are the holidays. Christmas Day, 1862, in his diary. Merry Christmas, say the children, but that's not for me. 1863, Longfellow's son runs away from home to fight in the Civil War, joining his two brothers that had done the same thing. And on Christmas Day, 1863, in the diary, there is no entry at all. Longfellow's first wife had died in childbirth. His second died in the fire. The last son that ran away from home to join the Union Army was shortly sent back home as he had been severely wounded and was handicapped the rest of his life. His other two sons, he hadn't had word from in over a year and he just hoped that they were alive somewhere in the skirmish. And in 1864, Longfellow writes a poem that would be turned into a song. Here was the song, or in his words, the poem. I heard the bells on Christmas Day, their old familiar carols play. And wild and sweet, the words repeat of peace on earth, goodwill to men. And in despair, I bowed my head. There is no peace on earth, I said. 
For hate is strong and mocks the song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. I thought how, as the days had come, the belfries of all Christendom had rolled along the broken song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Now, there are some verses that you don't hear because they've extracted them in the song. This is one of them. Then from each black accursed mouth, the cannon thundered in the south. And with the sound, the carols drowned of peace on earth, goodwill to men. It was as if an earthquake, an earthquake rent the hearthstones of a continent and made forlorn the households born of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Then pealed the bells more loud and deep. God is not dead, nor doth he sleep. The wrong shall fail, the right prevail, with peace on earth, goodwill to men. In this song, I can see how Longfellow is regaining strength. I can see how he's regaining faith. I can see how discouragement is giving way to encouragement. Till ringing, singing on its way, the world revolved from night to day. A voice, a chime, a chance sublime of peace on earth, goodwill to men. I like that because it lets me know that everybody goes through trouble, even people that are world-renowned. But it's what you do during that struggle. How many's heard the story of the devil's rummage sale? Where the devil has a rummage sale and people are going and buying his goods and they're buying a post-toe digger and they're buying a sledgehammer and they're buying a wrecking ball and somebody goes over to a table and grabs up a wedge and immediately the devil sees that and says, put that down. That's not for sale. And the man said, I'll give you a fair price. And the devil said, I won't sell that at any price. And the man said, well, how come? He goes, I use that against God's people. That's the wedge of discouragement. How many's ever had the devil take the wedge of discouragement and try to pin that in on your life? How many's ever had that? And the rest of you, either unsaved or you're lying about it. Because <laughs> I think one of the best jobs that the devil does is try to discourage us. I'll just tell you, and this is not bragging on any part of, of me. The thing that the devil comes to me and says, Mark, you're not saved. I never hear that. I never hear that. Never. I used to. I never hear that anymore. You know why that is? Because the root system of my belief in who Jesus is has went down deep enough to where the devil knows I'll never topple that from that guy. But what will he do? He will try to discourage me. During what I've been going through, that's what I have tried and had to fight the most against is discouragement where I have been able to get up and do whatever I wanted to do, go wherever I wanted to go. And you've heard me say it before, what, what just, it irritates me, it beats me out, 
And sometimes the devil beats me up about it. But for me to not be able to go and visit people in the hospital like I have been so used to doing for, for at least 10 years, that discourages me. Because it gets me feeling that I'm not doing the job that I need to be doing. And thank God for different people such as uh, Steve Upchurch and such as Short Sledge and such as George Thomason that pick up the slack and are able to make the hospital visits. And I know that some people that for whatever reason we've not got to you and I'm sorry for that. But there again, the devil would try to use that against me to try to discourage me. It's not, oh, the preacher, you ain't saved. I never hear that. But he does try to discourage me. My grandma, Dorothy, said, Mark, of all people, why did this happen to you? I said, Grandma, bad things happen to everybody. No matter what, who you are, bad things happen to, bad things happen to people. How many know that? And if you don't know that, you're living in some kind of goofy, make-believe world. What was the criteria for selecting the next disciple, the next apostle that would now make up number 12 since Judas had lost out? Was it that he had to really be able to sing like a songbird? Was it? No. Was it that he really had to be able to preach a fiery sermon? No. No. Was it that he really had to flow in the gifts of the Spirit? That ain't what it says. Oh, he had a tremendous personality. That's not what it says. He had to have been with us and stayed with us when Jesus went in and when Jesus went out, how many heard of the, the, the uh, whoever coined this phrase, but uh, Jesus is in the house. You heard that? Yeah. Jesus is in the house. It is a wonderful thing when you know that Jesus is in the house. Amen. But you know what? Sometimes he's out. <laughs> Randy Huff said something years ago. He said, that Mark Shell." That guy is more like Jesus than anybody, than any pastor I have ever met. And I heard this secondhand, and I found, and I called him up, and I said, hey, what are we talking about here? There's got to be more to this story than that. And he goes, oh, yeah, you're more like Jesus than any pastor I've ever met. You're here a while, and then you're gone. You show up at the church a while, then you're gone. You're just like Jesus. And you know, there's some truth in this because there are times that Jesus is in. He's in the house. Things is going good and you're feeling him and your goosebumps has got goosebumps and you know that if I get God just right here and things is going great and my kids is acting right and my grandkids are doing right and everything just great and hunky-dory and Jesus is in the house. The church is growing and people ain't, ain't screaming at each other and one Sunday school teacher ain't mad at another one and everything just going great and all of the musicians and the singers are getting along. Woo! You 
You know, every singer wants to be a preacher. Every preacher wants to be a singer. And musicians, they just want to rule the world. That's all that they, <laughs> that's all that they want to do. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <clears throat> the criteria was he had to be with us. This guy that's going to replace Judas, he had to have been with us. He had to have been there. Listen, Matthias had seen all of the miracles just like Simon Peter had seen those miracles. Matthias had seen the resurrected Son of God just like Simon Peter had seen the resurrected Son of God. He had to have been, in a word, faithful. He was there. Years ago, before I ever took Orchardville Church as pastor, I filled in for six months over at Mount Vernon. I call that my tribulation period. Man, there was a young gal over there. She showed up once every six weeks, and when she showed up, she wanted to grab a hymnal, and she wanted to be able to lead singing, and she wanted to teach a class, and she wanted to tell me what to preach, or she wanted to tell me what kind of special preachers we ought to have, and just, whoo. And I can sum her up and put this in your mind, and you know what kind of fruitcake she was by me saying this. She was going to build a new house, but she couldn't because she had to go out and buy a TV. So right there, that lets you know that. <clears throat> wow. And see, it didn't matter if she could sing. It didn't matter if she was pretty or not. It didn't matter if she was a gifted teacher or not. When she showed up once every six weeks, she, as far as I was concerned, was disqualified. Because of all the things that you could have in the house of God, the most meaningful for the work of God is to be faithful. Faithful. His qualification was not his money. It wasn't his, his good looks. It wasn't his talent. It wasn't his knowledge. It was he was faithful. Thank God for that. Hallelujah. Matthias was there. You can build with people like that. That's right. Matthias was there. Oh, well, preacher, he's just a pew sitter. You will never hear me say something as foolish as that. Thank God for every one of you that are here. And I don't look at any of you as, well, they're just a pew sitter. You're here. You're on the team. That's a good thing in my book. You're here. You're here. You're here. When I see people, when I drive up, I know like clockwork that there are going to be people that's going to be here. They're going to be doing their job. Thank God for every single one of you. Without you, Orchardville Church would slow down to a standstill, unfortunately. Matthias. He was faithful. That's good news to me because I don't have the looks. I don't have the winsome personality. I don't have the PhD, the Pentecostal preacher hairdo. 
I don't have, I don't have the perfect set of teeth. They're just right on down the list I can go. I don't have a lot of things, but man, one thing that I have and that, man, I can just major on that, I can be faithful. Don't have a lot of other things. I'm not the many talented, many gifted man. I'm not. You've heard me say it before. I never, on, on a Sunday morning, I never get up out of bed thinking, now what song am I going to sing before I preach today? I'm a one talented guy. And by being a one talented guy, I've worked that to my, to my favor because it makes me hone in on the only thing that I've got going for me, that is to be faithful, be faithful, be faithful. I know I don't have to preach the best sermon. I just got to be faithful. Got to be faithful. I don't have to be the best pastor. I know I got to be faithful. Got to be faithful. I got to be faithful. In the Gospels, Matthias saw everything like I've already said that the other disciples saw. He was there. He was there. He was there when Jesus was in. He was there when Jesus was out. There are so many people, they're like they're a greenhouse Christian. The only way they're going to grow is if they're in a totally protected environment. And if I'm in a totally protected environment, then I'll grow. You are a sissy. There are people that have grown in their faith in Jesus throughout the, throughout the centuries that have, had, that have had rough times and adverse times, and they have grown in their faith in Christ, and other people can't hardly make it down the road even to get to church. <laughs> On you is what I say about that. <laughs> Matthias probably got upset at times, but he was still there. Oh, the sound system is just too loud. I ain't going back for a while. <laughs> One guy told me recently, he said, uh, about a woman he knew. Oh, all they ask her at that church, all they do is just take up money, take up money, take up money, take up money, take up money. You know what that tells me about her? She didn't want to give anything. I have yet to see anybody who is a willful and cheerful giver. I have yet to hear any of them complain about a message on tithing or people give their tithe. Now, this is what I heard recently. I've already given my tithe. Let me see here. Uh, right here, we'll use this. Here's my tithe. I. Every time I do it the same way, I fold it, fold it twice, lift up my tithe. Here's what a person said. I ain't paying my tithe at Orchardville Church because the preacher tells you to hold it up so people can see what you're giving. Really? <laughs> really? You have to have x-ray vision to see what, what I give. Really? Or is it just one more excuse on not wanting to be faithful when God asks us to be faithful. 10% of, well, I don't know, I'd, I'd give, but I just ain't quite got it figured out. Oh, you rascal, you. You ain't got it figured out. Oh. Let me wrap this up. Oh, gosh, I guess so. Um, <clears throat> Uh, 
I didn't ask. I didn't get permission. I'm just going to, I'll get forgiveness after this is over. <laughs> Dear Satan, it's time to say goodbye. I've had all I can take of you and your ways. If you'd had your way with me for as long as I, you have had your way with me for as long as I can remember. Since I was a little boy, you've kept me in the same, in some kind of trouble, keeping me in conflict with my brothers, sisters, or in trouble with mom and dad. You were in my mind causing me to think about things that I shouldn't have been thinking about. You kept me in trouble at school and then led me to sex, alcohol, pot, and finally math. You took my wife, my kids, my home, everything good. You managed to get me to throw away everything again that was good in my life. You even took my freedom, everything except my life. However, there is someone bigger and stronger than you. He is loving, patient, and forgiving. He held out his hand and waited until you took me all the way to the bottom, and then he reached down when nothing was left and reached me up and took that hand. I was lifted out of that dark place where you had driven me. He showed me how to fight you and how to recognize you when you put on one of your many disguises. So today I say goodbye and good riddance to you, Satan. I know you will keep trying, but with God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, with all them surrounding me, I am prepared to resist you and just say no. I wrote to the devil because when you look at the big picture, he has been the bad influence behind everyone that tried to help to influence me. Thanks for the letter, Bear. Was that all right for me to read that? Thanks. I don't want him mad at me. He's a pretty big guy. And I would be fighting with one arm, so I... Let's all stand. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you, God, for this time. It's good to be able to come to church, be in your presence, be able to see friends and family and church family. Lord, every week to me, it's just kind of like a good family reunion. I'm thankful for that feeling. Lord, I am thankful, God, for the faithfulness that is available to each and every person. But, Lord, before that faithfulness, there needs to just be simple faith, faith in who you are, faith in your goodness, faith in you being there. And I'm praying, God, this morning that perhaps there's someone They've never asked you to be their savior. They're just going about their life. 
Well, Lord, today can be a good day for that to happen. And I ask and pray, Lord, by your Holy Spirit, that you would do something that no man or no woman can do, that you will knock upon their conscience, knock upon their heart. And Lord, they in turn can respond to your goodness. Let that happen today. Lord, for everyone else, we're praying that maybe someone is discouraged and God, that you would encourage them. And Lord, a good place for that to happen would be right up here at this altar with Christian people praying for them. And Lord, we also want to make this one more prong in this faithfulness. Lord, maybe there's people here that being faithful, yeah, they're faithful to their job. Thank God they're faithful to their spouse. But Lord, being faithful to you goes way down the rung of the ladder. And that should not be. God, that you ought to be faithful first and foremost. That faithfulness in our life should be number one. And I'm praying, God, that you again would knock, knock upon that Christian's heart, that they would know that they must be faithful. It's the only way you're truly going to bless us, Lord, when we're faithful. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray this prayer, and we believe. Amen. As they sing, you've heard this go out today. God, the Spirit, if the Spirit of God has spoken to you today, we ask you to come forward. He can do the big part in your life. Come on. Come on.
On the encouragement part, I want to thank everybody. And we did the message with all the cards. And, and that wasn't even all of them because I think we've lost a few of them, unfortunately, because we've been in the, during the time that I got this news concerning the cancer until now, we've moved and uh, from one place to another. So did we get all the cards or not? I think we... The dog ate a couple of them. Huh? The dog ate a couple of them. <clears throat> That's all right. Now, if Jaden had done something to them, that would have been not so good. But thankful for all the encouragement. Wow. Um, it really, it just harkens back to me to years ago when, when Greg Burgess um, would say to me almost on a weekly basis right out there in the foyer, Preacher, whatever you need this week, call me. I got your back. And truthfully, I could have been broke down in St. Louis or something and give Greg a call, and he would have been over there as fast as he could have got over there. So I'm thankful for there's people like that here today. And, more, and I'll just say that more than I know, more than I know. And uh, I'm thankful for that kind of encouragement. Thankful for your faithfulness, because man, it makes a big time difference. When I see you here, that makes a big time difference to me. And what we've looked at this week or this year has been uh, each one reach one. And if we as a church can do that, the impact that that's going to have. So let's uh, hide it under a bushel. No, no. It is our prayer that you have been blessed as you've listened to this message. If you would like to become a partner with this ministry, please contact us here at Orchardville Church. You can visit our website at orchardvillechurch.com or you can contact us by phone at area code 618 835 2677.